Erevin Perkdalad Mishnah Vav four six. This Mishnah continues on exactly where the previous one left off, where we were talking about a person who fell asleep as Shabbos transitioned on Friday afternoon, and therefore we had different shitas about how much, what kind of tchum he gets. So we're going to go with the shita tachacham here to keep things simple, which means we said he was when he wakes up he is limited to a square of eight amos by eight amos, and he is located in the middle as he wakes up. So he has four amos in all directions. The principle of this mission will apply to all the shitas, regardless of how you measure where he is. Um, but let's just keep it simple by describing everything in the context of the shita the chachamim, giving him that eight by eight square, meaning he can walk four, four almost in each direction. Okay, so what happens if hayu shnaim? What happens says the mishnah? If there were two guys who were traveling, they both fell asleep, they both wake up when Shabbos would come in, and they're both now limited to those squares, eight by eight almost. So. If mitzas amosav shelzeh besoch amosav shelzeh, if the literally means if some of this guy's amos amos um, are within this other guy's amos, meaning if their squares that define their tchum are overlapping, so there's some area that's common to both tchumin. If that's the case, mevin v'ochlin be'emtza, the two of them can both bring their stuff into the common area that is. Um, common to both of the squares that they are confined to, and they can eat together in that common zone. Provided that when they go their opposite ways, they make sure that their possessions stay with them at all times in their given tchum. That is to say, as I said previously, when a person um, goes into Shabbos, he gets a tchum, and all his possessions get the same tchum as him. They're, they're subordinate to him, and therefore they're confined, a person's possessions are confined to his tchum. Which means, besides for these two guys, Mr. A and Mr. B, having a common area to eat, they have to be careful that if Mr. A brings the napkin to the picnic on Shabbos, Mr. B doesn't take them back, those napkins, into his square, because those napkins are confined, if they belong to Mr. A, to Mr. A's tchum, Mr. A's square. So they were saying they can eat together, and the point is that we're not afraid of some kind of error happening where the possessions, a possession from Mr. A ends up in Mr. B's tchum out of the common area, or vice versa. Hayushlosha. Now, what happens if there were three guys, Mr. A, Mr. B, and Mr. C? Let's say they were all sitting, sleeping in a, in a line. For argument's sake, let's say that each one of them is six amos from the next. And again, we're going like the sheet of the chacham. Each person gets four amos. So that would mean that when they wake up, Mr. A and Mr. B have a common area of two amos between them, right? Mr. A can go, let's say, um, four amos to the east, and Mr. B can go four amos to the west. The other one can reach the other because they're six amos apart, but there will be these two amos in the middle that overlap with the other picnic. And let's say, again, similarly, that Mr. B and Mr. C are six amos apart. So, again, there would be a two amo wide strip that would be common to Mr. B and Mr. C's tchum. Okay, maybe it helps to look at a picture or just draw a simple picture of three squares side by side, each being eight almost across, but the middle of the squares each being six almost apart from the next. So that means that Mr. B has a common area, like call it, let's call it a picnic area, where he can he can get together with Mr. A, and Mr. B can also get together with Mr. C. But Mr. A and Mr. C are too far apart. They're 12 almost apart. And since each can only go four almost in their respective directions towards the other, there's no common area. So that's our setup here. So the Mishnah says again, Hayu Shlosha, if there were three guys, Mr. A, Mr. B, and Mr. C, 
and they had common area, A and B is common, and Mr. B and C had common area. The middle guy, Mr. B, has a common area with each of them separately, Mr. A and Mr. C. Humotar, Imahen, he, Mr. B, is permitted to have a picnic with either of them in their common areas, respective, the AB common area and the BC common area. Vehen Mutar and similarly, they can have a picnic with him, meaning Mr. A can have lunch with Mr. B, bringing his stuff out of his exclusively, his own tchum and put into the common area. That's the area that's common to both A and B tchum. And same goes, um, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. If there are three of them, and the middle ones between the two of them, they can share a common space, he with the Mr. B with A and C, and Mr. A and C with Mr. B. But Mr. A and Mr. C, since they have no area that's common to both their tchumen, they can't access each other. Therefore, they have no way to have a picnic together. They can't go to the same place. Um, the Chiddush, however, is that we're not afraid that Mr. A and B will have, you know, breakfast together. And then at some point, they'll separate their ways. And then B and C will have lunch together. And you might have thought there's a concern that what started out as Mr. A's stuff ends up in Mr. C's trum, right? Because Mr. B in the middle, like, let's say, took it home. No, we're not afraid of that. Everyone knows what belongs to whom. Everyone knows the rules. And we're not afraid. We're not legislating a separate Durabanan, restricting like overlapping tchumen in this way, therefore there's no problems. Okay? Now, period. That's the end of our topic regarding overlapping tchumen. The Mishnah is now going to lapse into a totally unrelated topic, which is sort of, I mean, which is analogous, we'll see in a second. It's the topic of Eruve Chatzeros. We haven't discussed Eruve Chatzeros yet. That'll be the topic starting from the sixth parak, only on the fourth parak now. Um, and we'll deal with these kind of cases and this very concern really um, over there. I'm going to discuss it over here, but I'm going to not give it a full treatment because it's, the halachas of Erev Chatzeros are involved, complicated, and this really gets you into the thick of it. So I don't want to go there just yet. In any case, so if you're familiar, fine. If not familiar, then you'll forgive me with not doing a full treatment here. But Rabbi Shimon's going to argue, there's a machlokas in Rabbi Shimon the Chachamim on a similar case, a case where you have um, three chatzeros, three courtyards, A, B, and C, that are located side by side. Each of them, A, B, and C, provide access one to the next, so you can carry things from A to B and from B to C. There's like a doorway between the two of them. But there's also um, independent access for A, B, and C, courtyard A, courtyard B, and courtyard C, from their courtyard, their chatzer, to, let's say, the Rosh Hashanah. They don't need to pass through. They're not locked in. Mr. Courtyard A is not required to pass through courtyard B to access the Rosh Hashanah or vice versa. That's important that they have independent access as opposed to being like one behind the other or, or they have to pass through the other's territory to get access um, for reasons I don't want to get into right now. But that makes it more complicated. But that's not our case here. Our case is courtyards A, B, and C. Each of the courtyards have multiple residences. That's a requirement to be a chatzer. So let's say you have two apartment buildings, A1 and A2 in chatzer A, two apartment buildings, B1 and B2 in chatzer B, and two apartment buildings, C1 and C2 in, in chatzer 3. And each of those chatzeros have residents, um, all of whom can access the Rishusa Ram directly without passing through another chatzer. So what happens if, let's say for argument's sake, the, the residents of B make an air of 
chatseros with the residence of A. What that means is, um, there's a dindarabanan, that you're not allowed to, even though all the chatseros are A, B, and C, they're all fully walled in. They have halachim mechitos. Therefore, they're all for sure rishus yachid. And there's no restriction of carrying rishus yachid. But the rabbis felt that in general, if you have an area which is um, totally exclusively yours, the private residence, um, and you also have a common space which is shared by other residents, like other people in your apartment building, other people with the chatzer, so then psychologically it doesn't feel like your private residence. It feels like something different. And the concern was if people um, allow, are allowed to carry without any modification or you know anything simply to carry from their true private domain of their home, which is exclusively theirs, to a common area like the chatzer, which kind of feels psychologically like a quasi-public domain because lots of people are there. So then they'll come to carry from their private domains and their homes to the Rosh Hashanah, which also just a, you know feels like a public place. Other people are there. And that, of course, would be an Israel Daraisa. And therefore, the rabbi said, if you're going to carry even from your exclusive private domain of your own home to a also Rosh Hashanah Yachid, but halachli walled in area, but one that is has multiple residents and multiple people have access and rights to carry there, so then all the people have, who have rights to carry in that given chatzer need to make an eruv chatzeros, need to combine their residencies and make themselves like a single kind of consortium of residents. Um, and that's done with essentially taking bread um, that is going to be belonging to all the residents and putting it in one of their homes. And it's as if they all live in that home where their bread is and like they're all guests of that residence, so to speak. So that's how you merge, the word eruv, of course, to merge. That's how you merge residencies between A and B. For example, courtyard A and courtyard B, or even, actually, we'll take a step back, just all the residents of the courtyard would set up an Erev amongst themselves. But if there's easy access, there's an open doorway between courtyard A and courtyard B, so then they can either treat themselves as distinct, separate courtyards, chaseros, and make an Erev just amongst their own people, there in courtyard A and separate from courtyard B, or they can, since they have access one to the other, with a, like a gateway, they could make themselves one big Erev, one big courtyard that includes A and B together. The people of A and the people of B both contribute bread and it's all put in one of their homes and it's as if A and B are united, one big consortium, one big um, single area that they can carry between A and B. So our case for Mishnah is where the residents of B make an air of Chatseros with the residents of A and they make a separate air of Chatseros with the residents of C. That's why it's analogous to the first part of the Mishnah. So for argument's sake, a simple case would be that the people of B took one loaf of bread and put it in some guy in A's, courtyard A's house, and that was the Erev Chatseros for everyone. And similarly, they took a loaf of bread or loaves of bread and they put them in someone in courtyard C's house and they merged with that courtyard also. So now you have two separate Erev Chatseros that the AB one and the BC one, they overlap as much as people from A can carry in courtyard B and the people in C can carry in courtyard B, but there's nothing that connects A to C. So the people of A are not allowed to transfer objects to courtyard C, nor can the people of C courtyard transfer their objects to courtyard A. So that seems like a very similar case to our previous case of the three guys who woke up as Shabbos came in with their private tchumen. Um, and Rabbi Shimon once argued that the halacha should be exactly the same, that the same way um, we let Mr. A and B have a picnic and Mr. B and C have a picnic, and we're not afraid that A's stuff will end up in C's tchum, or C's and A's tchum, so too we will let on Shabbos the residents of A and B get together and let the residents of B and C get together, and we're not afraid that somehow the 
possessions that belong to residence A will end up in C's, the Chatzar C, or vice versa. That's Rabbi Shimon's contention, and that's what it says here. Um, very briefly, Am Rabbi Shimon, Lama Hadavar Dome. What is this similar to? This this being the case of the three guys who woke up, that we let A and B have a picnic together. Lashalosh Chatzeros, the three Chatzeros, A, B, and C, Hapasucho Zulazu, each providing access to the next, and A is open to B through a gate, and B is open to C through a gate. Upsuchos Lushasarab, and each one has independent access to the Rushasarabim. That's not an issue. So then, Ervu Shtehen Im Haemtsaios, excuse me, Im Tsais, if the residents of A made an error with B, and the residents of C made an error with B, but the residents of A and C didn't make a combined error of, uh, meaning, like, for example, A and, B didn't, a and C didn't give loaves of bread that ended up in a common house in B's domain that would unite them all. But that's not what happened here. So nevertheless, since A and B are one Mu'urav Chatzer area, and so is B and C, he muteres imahen, Mr. B can cross over into A's territory or to C's territory, vehem muteres imah, and similarly the residents of A can transfer things to resident, to the to the Chatzer B, and the residents of C can transfer to the to the Chatzer C, excuse me, from the residence of C to Chatzer B. Ushtayim but A and C residents, Asuros Zumzu. They simply, of course, can't transfer from A all the way to C, um, because that is not a Mu'rav, there's nothing that combines those Arab. But the point is, Rabbi Shimon says, is we're not afraid that stuff will end up starting out in A in the beginning of Shabbos, Chatzer A, and ending up by the end, Chatzer C. Just like we're not afraid of the people having the private picnics with their Erev Tchumen overlapping, Mr. A's stuff ending up in Mr. C's Tchum. That's Rabbi Shimon's contention. The Chacham actually reject this. And they say, no, the two cases are actually not analogous. They're not comparable. Why? Because when it comes to three individuals, each their own Tchum, so Mr. B knows exactly what's going on, and he'll be vigilant. He, he gets it. He knows the score. Then doesn't go unbeknownst to him. He'd be the, he'd be the guy who'd be taking something that started out of Mr. A's domain and ending up transferring it to C. So he'll know what he's doing, and therefore he won't do it. When it comes to Chatzeros, there are multiple residents. There are multiple different families um, that live in Chatzer B, and they have no idea what, you know, when they, if they find something in the in the sandbox there in their Chatzer, Chatzer B, so no one necessarily knows that that, you know, that that kitty thing, that whatever it is, that cup, the utensil, whatever it was, started in A. They don't know where it came from necessarily. And therefore, they won't necessarily be vigilant or even know to be vigilant and make sure that stuff doesn't get transferred into Chatzar C or vice versa. And because there are multiple people and therefore confusion come in terms of the Chatzar B, the Chum say we can't let A and C, excuse me, we can't let Mr. B mix their stuff with A and also C because it's likely to happen though, of course, with Shabbos, stuff will start in A and get to C or start in C and get to A. So they reject it. The halach, however, is like Rabbi Shimon. That we can be makel, and indeed, both when it comes to the tchumen of individuals, however they overlap, according to whatever sheet it is, they can be in their common areas. We're not afraid things will transfer from A to C. And so to in the chatzeros, um, we're not afraid that things will start out in chatzer and end up in chatzer C. Um, you are indeed, they're allowed to commingle.